your host over here, Bruna, and I got a special invitation for you. Join me and the Changemakers in the No More Boxes movement, where we are raising awareness towards this limiting and isolating behavior that we human beings are constantly doing, placing ourselves and others into boxes, invisible boxes that so often are not really serving humankind. All you have to do is to go to patreon.com forward slash no more boxes and for as little as $3 a month, you can become a change maker and be with us on that journey, changing the world. Now let's get on with that podcast. You're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools, and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's Runa here, and my guest today is no other than the new author in this world, the brand new author in this world, Helen Rebello. She's the author of the highly anticipated book, The Magical Unfolding, Eight Magical Processes for Peace, Potential, and Purpose. Helen is special for so many reasons. One of them is the fact that She's on a mission to empower 100,000 women worldwide to fulfill their potential so that they, together, we can contribute to a better world. And when I hear of someone who is purposefully living a life with a clear role on not only what is the change that they want to see in the world, but they see their role and they're fulfilling every day something that they're doing that is uh, very purposefully creating the change that they want to see. And as Helen has all of these stories to tell, she has a process that she can share with us. I thought I have to get her as a guest on our podcast. So Helen, welcome to the Changemakers podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here because I am a real fan of this podcast. So thank you. I'm delighted. I'm delighted to share. Oh, well, speaking of which, now that you are a published author and you're sharing with the world magical steps to really fill your purpose, find your purpose and and be who you are, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you, Helen, discover this that you're now sharing to the world? As with many people who are doing the kind of things that I'm doing, it's been a very, very convoluted journey. But if I could try and encapsulate it for you and simplify it a little bit, it really came down to a process of me quite consciously deciding to ignore what my heart wanted to do for many, many years and instead following my head and and walking away from more from the thing I knew I was here to do from a really early age, which was to help people and, and write. I've always loved writing. And I instead chose to go off and do a whole host of other things. And, and eventually this inner calling to honor my, my inner writer just started coming through loud and clear. And it 
started doing that after I had had a big wake up call to walk away from a job that saw me compromising my values daily and really showing up for work that I just fundamentally disagreed with. And I got to the point where I broke, as many people do, was getting very depressed every Sunday night about having to go to work on a Monday morning. And I I eventually ended up on antidepressants and decided that this was no good and something had to change. And I somehow magically found shiatsu, which I'd never heard of, by approaching this decision from a very logical, linear perspective of, okay, what am I good at? What do I like doing? How could I take what I've already learned and use it in a, in a much more aligned way? And I loved working with people and I loved helping people and I loved talking to people. I already knew about anatomy and physiology and well-being because I was working as a sonographer in the NHS Mm. in England. And I, yeah, I found shiatsu. I found osteopathy as well, but I thought, no, that's going to take too long and it's too expensive. But this shiatsu, that sounds quite intriguing. I don't know anything about Chinese medicine. You know, it's kind of based on the same principles as acupuncture. Mm-hmm. but it was, I was curious. I followed my curiosity and I really think that was when I started learning how valuable it is to get out of your head and back into your heart and just start opening your mind up to the fact that we have so much more about us than we think we have. You know, we're really yeah. energetic light beings as well as being humans in a body in a physical body and and the more I connected back into this bigger sense of what I was about as a person the more I connected back into what I'd come here to do and I connected back into my creativity and my and, and my original desire to write and share I came through loud and clear and and I don't know the more I connected in with that the more it became the thing I could not do mm. This is interesting. We hear so many people talk about the difference that it made in their lives when they stopped following their head and started to follow their heart. Mm. Can you give us an example? When you were working at NHS and you said you were following your head, mm. can you give us an example? How, you know, what were the decisions that you were making that indicated that you were following your head versus when yeah. you turned it around and started to follow your heart? Yeah, no, I can. I, that's a really good question. So to make that a tangible thing for people, the decision to train as a radiographer and then specialize in sonography was very much based on the fact that I knew I had to be self-supporting because I had left home at 18 under a cloud. And I think by this stage, I was about 25, felt very old at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, for seven years, I'd been trying to look after myself and I thought, well, I could go and do an English degree, which is what I really wanted to do. But then I thought, I need something that's going to give me a vocation and a guarantee of a job. And at the time, I knew that something along those lines, radiography, would guarantee a job at the end of it. So that's why it was kind of very head-led in terms of I was thinking about things like needing to earn money, needing to pay rent, There was no joy in it, particularly. I knew halfway through the degree, which was three years, that I didn't like doing it. And if I'm honest, I trained in ultrasound 
later on because I, it just felt like it might be a better thing to do. But I knew I was papering over the cracks. Yeah. So quite often when we're following our heads, we, we do know. It's just that we push through anyway. Yeah. In the terminology that we are using in the No More Boxes movement and with the book that is the story of boxes, the good, the bad, and the ugly, we, we talk about being in a good box, being in a bad box, and being in an ugly box. And I often wanted, as I'm looking at all the stories that I've listened to, I look, looked at my own life, where I felt that I've been in a, a bad or even an ugly box and how I've been able to move mm. myself around. It is often from that, what you did is described as being a heady decision, making a decision because of something, oh, I should. Yes, very rather much than, so. Yeah, and isn't that interesting? We're so wired to this. Yeah. So wired, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very much, we are, we are brought up to look outside ourselves for answers and wisdom. And I think maybe that's changing now, you know, with parenting, I can see a shift actually. But yeah, we're taught at school in a very head led linear fashion. Yeah. And that's how we relate to our world. We don't, we don't kind of remember that we ever knew any different. Exactly. And this goes, it's not only us or our parents or their parents, we're going way back when. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, oh, yes. <laughs> it's the whoa. Yeah. So it's really just being aware of what you just shared with us, being aware of, am I really on every Sunday night, like you said, am I dreading the what's happening and, you know, I'm going to work. I've always wondered, and I would love to hear your insight on that, Helen. That terminology, going to work, mm. I always, I don't know why I'm guessing it's because of most of my adult life, I've been self-employed and I've been doing, you know, following what my intuition and following my heart. But so I, I don't feel going to work is anything dreadful. In, yes. You know, on the contrary, I feel... It's about creation for me. But when I listen to so many people say that sentence, their frequency and their voice is so low. <laughs> yes. That you can't, you can't let go, poor you. And then I think, why do I even think poor you? Why am I giving you, why am I pushing negative energy away thinking poor you when I could actually turn that around and give you an, an upbeat energy. Isn't it amazing when you can turn that around into something that is uplifting, like changing the words that you're using and instead of saying going to work, you can say, I'm, I'm going to create. Today I'm going to create because aren't you creating something every day? Yes. I mean, for me, 100%, I completely agree with you. I, now... I I talk about living and working in a way that feeds your soul. You know, my work isn't work, it's play. Yeah. So I guess I do still have that negative connotation around the word work because yeah. it does feel as though it has an attached, a slightly laborious should energy to yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, and I'm, <laughs> now I'm I'm like, well, I work, but I get I get to work. You know, it's not I've got to, I get to. Yeah. I, 
do this thing I love and, I, and what I love is creating and holding space and you know empowering people with these simple strategies and tools and I love it I would I would work in the new term of work that we both have yeah um, you know I would I would work 20 hours out of every day if I had yeah. to because I'm driven by such a different energy that definitely comes from my heart and it gives you this fire this creative fire so um I love how you put that yeah you know I guess that was going to be my next mission changing that word around I'm going to implement the word I'm going to create today yes as the term for doing what you are going to do to make a living yeah yeah, and make a yeah, difference. Love that. Yeah, really love that. okay, you're you're with me, Helena. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely part of the no more boxes mindset to to create rather than uh, going to work. I'm curious to know, Helena. It sounds to me like your life has been really about understanding yourself, and now that you're able to not only understand yourself, but you're really helping women, in particularly to find their own role and step up their own game. If you could meet yourself at the age of 21, what would you tell yourself to do or what wisdom would you give yourself at the age of 21? (laughs) Firstly, I'd love to reassure my 21-year-old self that it all works out. Mm. Because, you know, whilst I'm talking about all of these circuitous routes that I went along and how we get very trapped into following our head. I do actually believe that every single thing we go through teaches us valuable lessons about, about who we are and who we came here to be and and what we came here to do. And for some of us, it just takes us a bit longer than it does other people. It took me a really long time. So, so I would definitely offer reassurance and the biggest biggest message I would love every single woman to know is that they are not broken and they don't need fixing and they don't have to try and drive themselves into the ground doing everything for everybody but themselves to be considered worthy and I guess I say that because it's something that I used to do. So of course mm. I can really see that pattern in others and I see it in so many women. So yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been lucky enough to have conversations with women who are at that kind of age, 20, 21. And it's a real privilege actually to have those conversations and be able to share that they're not broken and they're all enough as they are and they don't need fixing. And do you see that as being, women only this the whole thing about you're enough and you already have what it takes do you know what I actually don't I was having a conversation with my husband about this the other day I think it very much applies to men as well yeah I see that there is there's a difference in terms of how men are relating to each other and men are starting to come out and say out loud that they are having a tough time they're struggling because their role has been very much to be the strong one and the you know the provider and hold everything together and of course they have the same pressures as women do these days and and I do think that we will see in the next decade or so a huge turnaround 
in which men will be much more openly connecting with each other and having the kind of conversations we're having as women and sharing more and being more vulnerable and, and nobody will be judging them for that. Yeah. But I guess with, I think for me, the reason I'm so drawn to working with women is partly because of what you kind of referred to earlier, which is that whole ancestral pattern of it going back generation and generation and generation. Mm. We have traditionally squashed ourselves to fit and stayed quiet and under the radar, you know, don't yeah. want to be burnt as a witch or any of that, any of that stuff. Yeah. Like men have been actually quite scared of how powerful women can be and they've suppressed. I've been really, I mean, in my life, I've been a huge advocate for women empowerment and women in leadership roles. And, and what I've noticed, and this is what I'm seeing myself is in, as a little bit of a scarcity point, is because of that, focus we have we've given women we're open up for so many conversations that are towards women and we see women empowerment groups popping up left right center uh, which is great as and it's a good box to be in sisterhood and feeling that you have safety and you have what it takes to to be who you are and, and, and share i'm praying that all of these women empowerment groups that are out there, that they have the wisdom in their heart to open up for giving men space to express who they are. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that that is something that is so needed because we are watching so many men, like you're saying, feeling unsure of their role. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's it's vital work, and it is coming. I know, I do know a few men who are, you know, already putting together. They are, yeah. Support groups, and it, it's definitely coming. And I think it's almost like the new birth. Of yeah, I th- yeah, I agree with you. And I think women will have a big role in that movement because it's going to be. We have to be open enough to accept their change and allow them to be who they are on the journey of where we are allowing ourselves to be who we are. Yes. Yes. And there's also, you know, coming back to the heart head energy, there's there's quite a big shift that women have had to go through as well. I've seen so many women that are in more leadership roles or standing up to represent groups of Mm. men and women very much doing that from a masculine sort of energy, very head-led energy, really pushing. Yeah. And, and so many women are having to learn that actually there's a much softer way that is equally strong, but, you know, you can really, you can really tune into your, your heart energy and do it in a softer, more yin kind of lovely way. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're weak. It just means exactly. you're being a woman, not exactly. trying to be a man. Yeah. Without realizing it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> One of my chainsmakers and the co author of the book, The Story of Boxes, Nicholas Haynes, he's the kindness ambassador. And he's opened up my heart and head for the danger of how we categorize what is feminine and what is masculine. That alone is something that is really interesting to, to dig deep, deeper into. 
when, when I started to understand that really to a deeper level, and I thought to myself, my, you know, me personally, I thought, ah, all of, all of those things that is put into the box of being feminine, mm. uh, there were very few things that I could click myself. <laughs> yeah, I can really relate to that. My, um, yeah. my husband calls me, uh, laughingly calls me a geezer bird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Girly geezer, you know, we're exactly in touch with his what we would classically call feminine aspect. Yeah, exactly. And I'm definitely not a girly girl. No, yeah. So, and and but then when you think about it, if that will be, and and then we talk about it in a broad terms, yeah, we're not really getting what we're asking for, are we? We're not very clear on what we're asking for. Very, very true. So, uh, and the same thing goes with what is being, you know, yeah, muscular. I think I have to say that I can tick more boxes there. <laughs> so, a whole other yeah. conversation in and of itself, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it just turns, it just shows that we being aware of the language that we use mm. is so crucial. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It opened up my eyes anyway. But tell me another thing, Helena. You talk a lot about having a magical life and living a magical life. Um, What does that mean? So for me, it means opening your eyes to the gifts that are to be found in small moments, in exchanges with people, the gifts that are to be found even when things go wrong Mm. so it's living with more presence more awareness more connection with yourself being respectful of yourself but also respectful of others you know kind of really embracing your uniqueness and owning who you are unapologetically Mm. but also really seeing other people and really connecting with other people and really cherishing each day, being grateful each day that you get to wake up another day and participate and show up and shine and share, you know, it's, so it's, I guess it's about living life from the perspective of every day is literally a gift and you can find magic in so many things in the smell of, coffee if you like coffee or you know so I I like it to be quite a tangible concept for people Mm. and I can get very esoteric as well so I live with awareness of much more esoteric energies and I'm very connected into the earth and the sky but it doesn't have to be as broad as that it can also be in simply noticing small gifts and simply looking into the eyes of people you encounter throughout your day what has been your gift today? My gift today? Well, talking to you is a great gift. <laughs> thank, oh, thank you for that. Likewise. <laughs> really, really is. Um, and actually, I'm talking to you from my lovely friend Kate's garden studio today because my, my apartment is currently in bits because i'm having a bathroom reinstalled okay so another gift i only have one bathroom so um she's given me the gift of warm water you know and this lovely office space i'm in right now to talk to you so that i'm I'm not having builders in the background 
Oh, that is, that's beautiful. And I love that. Yeah, seeing the gift in every moment and being present. Helena, I know that you just published your first book. Can you tell our audience how they can reach you, how they can find more about your book and maybe your next step in life? I'd love to. So my book is available from all of the online various sites around the world of Amazon, if I'm allowed to say Amazon. Um, You can get it from any bookstore as long as you know the number and you can find out more about it. You can also order it direct from my website, which is helenrobello.com. And I've got another two books already brewing. So, um, so I'm really committed to this book as being my body of work because it's really brought together the body of work that I've done for the last 14, 15 years. And I, I'm quite committed to, to respecting it by not rushing into anything else uh-huh. and really working with people to help them enrich their understanding of what I cover in the book and facilitate their capacity to access it. So I'm at the moment I'm creating a lot of online resources and what I'd really, really, really love to do is create quite a small but very aligned community of like-minded souls that all support each other as we navigate the twists and turns of life and, and in our attempts to live more magically and more meaningfully with more awareness. So I'm, mm. yeah, I'm kind of, I'm letting it evolve organically. Yeah. I, I do have a vision. I'm just, I've learned to not be too set on how it might unfold. Okay. But to manifest your vision, would you like to share it with us? So my vision is, as you said at the beginning, to help 100,000 women worldwide to reach their potential. That number was kind of gifted to me. It didn't just come out of my head because <laughs> mm-hmm. I questioned it at the time. Really, that's a strange number, but the number will yeah. not go away. Yeah. Um, and I want to do that through the power of ripples. So mm. I, what I would love to do is you know, really light up the hearts of a thousand women so that they can then impact the lives of women in their own right. Mm. So it's not necessarily me needing to touch every single person in that 100,000. It's about ripples. And I have this vision where I see us all standing in a circle and we're all holding hands and we have brightly lit up hearts that are glowing. Like, you know, those, those uh, Chinese lanterns that are, put into the water in India. They're probably not Chinese, are they? But (laughs) (laughs) it's like we are, we're almost, we're all holding hands. We're in a circle. It's like a daisy chain of hearts, all these lovely lit up hearts in a circle. And then we all bring in our own women behind us. And we are just joined by increasing circles of women. And it just ripples out through us all through our and our teachers are there and our ancestors are there and it's quite a big vision i love it it, i love it yeah it sustains me it feeds me i see it daily and i just sit back and hope that somehow i can honor that in whatever way it will manifest in whatever way it's going to manifest helena thank you so much for your wisdom and 
the gift that you're sharing to the world. And that's it for me over here. Till next time. Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world.